Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish Podcast. CryoVault Freeze and Thaw Platform provides a scalable, robust, and single-use end-to-end solution for bulk drug substance. I'm Brandy Sargent, editor of Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Max Blomberg, Executive Director of Operations, and Andrew Govet, Senior Product Engineer at Meissner. I'd like to start just by asking Max if you could explain to listeners what CryoVault is. So CryoVault is our next-generation, single-use, freeze-thaw platform, primarily directed at really critical high-value process fluid, such as bulk drug substance. It offers some, some real benefits, we think, and we'll get into that, uh, I'm sure, during this, this discussion as compared to traditional single-use systems in this space, and a real step change in terms of both uh, scalability as well as robustness. And then what led to the development of the CryoVault? It's a kind of an interesting story. Uh, Meisner's got a real history of developing products based on our, our key clients' needs, what the market's going to need. Um, so we were working, had been working uh, for a number of years on, on a free thought solution, specifically a single-use free thought solution, again, based just really on, on customer requests and, and you know forward-looking <laughs> market needs. Uh, and what they're looking for is, something that was single-use, but also had really enhanced robustness compared to what was currently available, uh, and also enhanced scalability. So something something we're working on, uh, uh, we're also keenly aware of, you know, there's this proliferation of kind of decentralization of, of drug substance and drug product sites, which meant that, you know, not only was it a need now, it was a need that was going to grow uh, just based on uh, on the market. So something we were working on, uh, and then uh, we had Merck come to us uh, with a product that they had started to develop based on their own need, very similar to you know kind of what uh, what was driving our own development efforts. They had a, a, a proof of concept, uh, and they were looking for someone to help commercialize that to you know take take the next step uh, with what they had developed so far. And we vetted that technology pretty carefully and ultimately felt very enthusiastic about it. Uh, and that's kind of the, the genesis, if you will, of, of, of CryoVault. So something we're already working on based on a market need and then uh, just a happy coincidence that Merck had been doing the same thing um, and it all married up very well. And uh, that's really what, uh, what flowed to CryoVault today. And just to follow along with that, um, Andrew, if you could tell us a little bit about what's currently available for the industry for the freeze and thaw of critical biopharmaceuticals. Yeah, so kind of commercially, what's available right now in the industry, you can go a couple of different ways. Um, so kind of historically, the use of, of cryovessels um, is, is a predominant technology throughout this space, and so like uh, stainless steel or, or even Hastelloy cryovessels. And that, that's a technology that's been around for a while. With the recent adoption of single-use systems and kind of the proliferation of single-use systems uh, throughout the industry, there's been new technologies kind of coming out or, or popping up where in, in kind of a single-use solution for, for freeze-thaw, but those are have been ported over from, from different technologies 
and haven't necessarily been designed for that purpose. Um, they've been yeah, using existing bags or existing bag systems um, that weren't necessarily fit for that purpose, but people have been using to, to freeze and thaw bulk drug substance for some time. And I know, you know, just in all areas of biomanufacturing, design for purpose is so important and that there's been challenges uh, with those existing options. Andrew, would you be able to run through for us what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of each of the existing options available for the freeze and thaw? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So definitely advantages with the cryo vessel system. And I mean, in both of these are still um used in the industry today. And so they're obviously good good thing about both the different technologies, but with crown vessels, you can process large batches. And so most of them are around a 300 liter batch size. You can, you can do that large scale processing. And so you can freeze and thaw 300 liters at a time in, in cryo vessels. The downside or perhaps some of the um, potential room for improvement is some of the inherent things with the benefits of single-use systems. So your cleaning processes, your sterilization um, validation, so you, that really need for cleaning in place, sterilizing place, and just the infrastructure associated with that, both from personnel and equipment and just maintaining the uh, fleet of cryo-muscles can be expensive and labor intensive. On the flip side, with the existing single-use systems, some of the inherent challenges with, with a film-based platform for freezing and thawing is, is integrity. And so uh, there are a lot of integrity issues when using a, a film platform to freeze and thaw mere BDS, just because you're, the, the film is so, um, so it's such a thin it's a thin film and so it's really prone to leaks or problems kind of associated there and then also the um need for more single user systems or more manipulations to fill that same batch size so if you're looking for a 300 liter batch size in 16 or 20 liter bags that's a lot more manipulations than doing one um one run at at a 300 liter cryo vessel system to build on uh, what Andrew's stated there in terms of advantages and disadvantages. The current single-use systems, again, that traditionally uh, bag-based systems for freeze and thaw, one of the real challenges we'd been hearing from industry, from market, uh, was just around scalability. So Andrew touched on this is that you know, typically those the bag-based systems were really capped out at 18, 20 liters per system. So if you're in large-scale you know, bulk drug substance or you're dealing with a, a large-scale bulk drug substance, you know, say 300 liters, uh, just to walk or to use that example of uh, analogous volume to a cryo vessel, you're talking about a lot of manipulations, a lot of different handling operations around each one of those bags. And that's not just during the freeze and thaw, right? It's, it's you know, filling a whole lot of bags. It's freezing a whole lot of bags. It's then packaging a whole lot of bags for shipment, getting them palletized and, and distributing them. So just kind of to build on that scalability issue, that was, that was a real key challenge uh, that we were hearing from the marketplace insofar as currently available uh, single-use systems. And with that, it would be great if you could uh, tell us uh, how the CryoVault compares to the um, existing options. 
really fundamental thing that we did in, in approaching this solution is coming at it from a whole platform sense. And so um, looking at the advantages and disadvantages of both and trying to, or of kind of the existing um, solutions and, and trying to picture a, how would this best work as a platform that was designed specifically around um, single-use bulk drug substance freezing and thawing. And so taking that kind of platform approach and intentionally designing the containers, the associated material handling equipment, the, the shipping solutions all around that. And so using that kind of intentionality in design there. I mean, in, for example, like even just things with, okay, with single use systems, you're going to be using, you're going to be filling through, through tubing. And so, um, with tubing on the market, even, even silicone that you can get the ultra low silicone, as you get into those really cold temperatures, even if you're, even if you're below the TG or glass transition temperature of the tubing, it's still going to start behaving more and more like glass. And so that's something that we can't get around, but we can design for. And so you can make um, support clips and you can really support the, the tubing in those critical applications. You can um, add, a, add a shroud over the top of it. And so we've kind of tried to incorporate a lot of those aspects into the design so that we can really walk the whole thing through the full scope of the process. And so just a couple of differences. I mean, fundamentally, it's, it's a rigid container um, as opposed to a film-based platform. And so because that was such a big shift, we actually had to do a lot of work with um, even just how, how to test that and how to test those attributes. Um, for instance, like with gas permeability, there was a lot of method development that had to go into how do we actually use the existing ASTM procedural standards? How do we test appropriately for something that is orders of magnitude more thick than um, a film system. And, and likewise, it could, uh, a kind of funny example is um, a puncture test. And so you have essentially like a dart test or dart drop test that, that's used a lot of times with film. And those, those things don't really apply with the with the rigid container, just because you're you're not going to be able to puncture it with with the dart, and so it's not really a valid um, test anymore. And so there was actually a lot that went into um, method development and different types of testing because it was such a fundamentally different type of of system. Right, Max, is there anything you want to add there? Yeah, I guess in summary, uh, one of the things that during our vetting process of, of, of the technology, one of the things that really attracted us to this and, and, and the promise that we saw in it was that, was that essentially what this is is a, is a single-use system for freeze-thaw that so you get all the inherent benefits of single-use systems, and, and I won't rehash those here. They're well understood in industry, but you get all the benefits of a single-use system but you get all the features of terms of robustness and scalability that you would get with the with the traditional cryo vessel um, or or other traditional uh, freeze thaw system. So it's really a, a pretty unique marriage of single use, which is designed uh, single use systems, which is designed specifically for freeze thaw, providing the benefits of you know the more traditional systems. And by doing so, then you negate those challenges, potential operational challenges associated with traditional single-use systems. So 
that's really what we think. And, and one of the reasons, one of the one of the reasons we're so excited about the technology is, is just that benefit it delivers to, to end users. If I can just jump back in with, with one more thing, and sorry, I don't mean to bury the lead here, but the consequence of going to a rigid container or a, a thicker container is you can do those larger sizes. And so like what Max was talking about with the the scalability and, and just the number of operations and the number of different bags you got to string together to have a 300 liter working volume with the rigid container you can you can do that at a 75 liter size and so you only need four containers to actually get to that 300 liter volume and so as a consequence of the thicker container and and the rigid container system you get to um, a lot larger volumes a lot more quickly thank you for that i think that this approach certainly seems unique and you've highlighted distinguishing features as compared to cryo vessels and bag-based freeze thaw products that said what differentiates cryovault from for example carboys which historically has been another common container for freeze-thaw of bulk drug substance. Yeah, so uh, carboys are, are also used, um, I guess, maybe more infrequently than, than some of the other um, current technologies. But a key differentiator with the cryovault system over carboys is, I think, fundamentally the science behind it. And so um, we're all familiar with the, the, the shape and even, even sizes in, that are available in, in carboys. The, if you compare that to how the cryovault containers look, there's a pretty big difference. And so our containers or single user systems look kind of strange at, at first glance, but that was, there was a lot of intentionality around the design there. And it was based off of the actual science of how bulk drug substance freezes and thaws. And so one critical aspect of that is, is the freeze path length. And that comes down to the width of the container. And so you'll see or you'll notice kind of throughout the the available um, container options. So one, one aspect that plays into the scalability of the system is a consistent freeze path length. And so that led to kind of the form factor being a lot more rectangular than your, your round or, or um, cylindrical carboys setup. And so, and that is designed to really control the last point of freeze. And so it gives you a lot of control. Um, it's a control rate freeze, and it's all driven by the, the science around the, the thermodynamics of how that freezes, how the heat is, is pulled away from the sides on the broad side of the container, leaving that last point of freeze to be at the fluid meniscus in the same point every single time. So it's repeatable, it's controlled, um, and so there's there's a lot more control that goes into the actual freezing performance of that. So if I could just build on that a little bit, Andrew's touched upon that there's a lot of science behind uh, and engineering behind why the containers have the shape they do. So we've touched on kind of controlling last point to freeze, which has a you know direct correlation to container integrity. And I fear that we probably don't have time <laughs> during this interview to get to get into that. But certainly that's something we'd love to either have a, a future interview about or 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 I would encourage people who are interested to contact us about. But the other bit behind the consistent freeze path lane is again scalability. So you can freeze 
a 75 liter container with the exact same uh, free thaw profile as you could a 20 liter container. So now you've got scalability, not just in terms of, hey, I can put more BDS into my container, but I can put more BDS into my container and the free thaw performance is the same. So I don't have to go back through and, uh, you know, it, it mitigates you know, requalification activities or, or uh, you know, porting over in terms of tech transfer and types of, uh, that type of thing. Um, it also makes for a faster freeze thaw cycle. Um, uh, the shorter freeze path length means that ultimately your fluid's freezing faster. That's critical for a couple of reasons. One, operationally, uh, the faster you can freeze it, the faster you can transport it or get it into storage and get onto your next batch. Um, but it also it mitigates cryo concentration, um, which is uh, really important. Obviously, we're talking about <laughs> very expensive fluid here. So anything we can do to maintain that fluid integrity, fluid integrity is a big term, right? It, you know, the, the most egregious manifestation of a loss of fluid integrity is the fact that it's leaking on your floor. We hit on that earlier in terms of being a very robust container. But fluid integrity can also mean things like, I didn't freeze it fast enough. I got a severe cryo concentration, and now the fluid's still in the container, but it's not really integral anymore because it's, uh, uh, you know, some of its critical properties are, are, have, been, have been changed. So it also provides really rapid freezing performance. And then the last bit I build on there, just in terms of uh, – uh, differentiating it against against carboys. And again, this is no knock on carboys. They work for a lot of people's processes. That, that's fantastic. They've been around forever. But it, it really comes back to something I, we're kind of saying as a differentiating factor against as compared to other single-use systems out there is, is the ecosystem around the, the cryo vault. So it's not just the container. It's the material handling equipment. It's treating things as a palletized load for increased robustness. It's the distribution systems. So this, this entire ecosystem of support product around the container, including the you know the freestyle infrastructure and things of that nature, that really differentiates it from a carboy putting it in there as you know a negative eighty. It's a, an overall systems approach. It's a really good question because you know it's one rigid vessel to another rigid vessel, but the two rigid vessel and or rigid vessel and both of them are plastic. They're really hard to compare, just given you know the difference in freestyle performance and then. The fact that it's you know a turnkey system as opposed to having to generate infrastructure around a carboy and, and things of that nature. I think that really makes sense, and you know this is a really interesting solution for a problem that I've heard over and over and over again in the industry about uh, freezing bulk drug substance. I want to switch gears just a little bit, and uh, Max wanted to ask you about how the market has received the new technology. So we've been really, really pleased with the level of, of interest <laughs> from from the market. I guess it, in a way, selfishly, uh, perhaps, <laughs> validates our thinking insofar as this clearly a market need. But you know, this I think this is a pretty unique product. And so we've got a lot of a lot of clients testing. A couple of clients have taken a step further, and, and of course, I'm not able to disclose any of that uh, given uh, kind of the confidential nature of our industry at large. But we do have folks using this in commercial at this point. So in short, really, really excited by the level of market interest. That said, we also realize we're dealing with a bit of a unique technology here. You know, it, you know, one of the questions really on blast that we get is pretty repeatedly with cryovolders. They'll look at the they'll look at the rigid vessel and they go, okay, so uh, there's a bag inside, right? And and that just speaks to to which is a fair question because that's what a lot of technology looks like today, right? Um, for a single use freeze thaw. Um, but it speaks to the fact that it is a unique platform. And so with a unique platform, 
A, we realize we're dealing with very expensive stuff. Uh, bulk remote substance, that's a pretty downstream process. So rightfully so, clients are going to do a significant amount of vetting before they put their very expensive product into this kind of novel platform, if you will. B, just given the nature of change adoption cycles in our industry at large, there's going to be a long runway uh, for, for folks looking at it, uh, kicking the tires on it, uh, for lack of a better term, testing before they actually, you know, uh, get to commercial with this. So I'm sorry, I'm giving you a very long-winded answer, but the, the, the short of it is very pleased by the market interest, very pleased by the number of clients taking a serious look at this and putting it through its paces as they should, and even more pleased that we've had a number of clients actually take this over the finish line and actually uh, put this in the commercial. So uh, it's been pretty exciting thus far. I think it's a really great system and, and I'm, I'm excited to share this technology with our listeners. One of the things that comes up frequently uh, nowadays, especially is recyclability and the impact to the environment. Can the containers be recycled or how are they disposed of? That's a great question. Uh, one that we get frequently as well. <laughs> It's also an area in which CryoVault, I, I don't want to sound like I'm selling here, but it, it's an area that CryoVault uh, differentiates itself in as well. With a lot of single-use systems, you're dealing with multiple different types of polymers, right? Uh, you know, films are, are typically polyethylene or EBA, and there's an EBOH layer, a couple of tie layers. But that multiple different polymers cast into a singular form makes recycling that near impossible uh, and at minimum very, very challenging. With the crowd wall containers, uh, you know, these are rigid vessels, relatively thick wall, um, uh, but they're a monolayer, which is great. So, it's, I mean, that means it's a single plastic material. Uh, so, the containers are, are HTP, so high-density polyethylene, um, which is inherently a very, very recyclable material. Um, uh, you know, it's something most you know, waste streams will readily take. The challenge, obviously, is that you're dealing with a biologic that's been in the, in the HTPE uh, but typically, there's a decon step you have to go through before uh, you're able to get that into a, into a recycling stream. But here again is where I, I'd encourage you to, to talk to our experts that we have available to, to discuss this platform with you, and they can kind of walk you through how that might work, given your local municipality or, or where you're located. But the simple answer is they are recyclable and much more recyclable than most single-use systems available today, which is just you know, really great. That is really great to hear. And... Um... As of someone who obviously cares about the environment, I think it is really wonderful to hear companies in the industry really starting to think about this and and planning products that have this as an option. So I commend you for uh, designing that into into your products. I think it's it is really important. And I guess that would lead me to the next logical question, which is how does a company get started evaluating the CryoVault platform? I think the best thing you can you can do is come to our uh, corporate headquarters where we have a fully functioning product demonstration suite set up and running. And so this it's a really cool opportunity and it's a really great area because you can essentially come out and, and test drive the system. We understand that this is unique technology. It's it's a relatively new technology, and there's. But this is an easy way to come in and see it, to test drive it, if you will. Um, and then even just things like we're, we're trying to align on just standardization. And so whether that means um, we, we recommended surrogate buffers, depending on what 
critical quality attributes um, you'd like to test at our facility, we have that available. We, but even other things like standard packages or standard uh, single-use assemblies that go with it. And so there's um, a variety of things that we can work through, um, but I think the best recommendation would be to come out, yes, come out and test drive the system. The nice thing about the the scalability, hitting on that point again, is we have um, stability containers available as well. They're the same resin, the same material, the construction, same manufacturing method. So that's that's a pretty low bar to entry to to, to um, start testing or start the process development, folks. Um, uh, going on on some of some of the key attributes that you're looking to looking to test using stability containers. So we have stability containers available. We have fully operational demonstration set up um, in Camarillo, California, and then we have some literature packages um, standards to help help get you going. I guess the last bit I'd add just to round that out is to echo what Andrew said. It's it's we realized you know we're dealing with something that's a bit novel here. So in short, talk to us. Andrew and the team he works with are, you know, experts at the system. They understand it inside and out. Our science team uh, helps support it in terms of uh, critical quality aspects, especially with the fluids you may be testing. So there's a, a whole support group uh, behind this that can answer any of your questions. So as those questions come up, given that it is a bit novel, uh, please just contact us. <laughs> excited about the platform and what that leads to is you're going to get a lot of excited people on the phone talking to you back in terms of uh, answering any of those questions you may have to allow you to, to vet this platform. Thank you so much, Andrew and Max, for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think this is a really interesting technology. I'm excited to have our um, listeners be able to hear it on the podcast um, also in the show notes, we'll put some links to some additional information for listeners so that they can learn more about the product and how they can get in touch to come to the facility, as you mentioned, and, and to, to find out about learning more about the product in person. So I just want to thank you both so much for participating today. I really appreciate it. And it was really nice to talk with you. Great. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.